You're listening to episode 61 of the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we talk about perfection paralysis. Welcome to the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we explore how to use the science of psychology, Eastern spiritual practices like mindfulness and compassion, and the game-changing work of self-coaching so you can free your mind and free your life. I'm your host, Anna Verzoni. Hey, hey, Rebels. All right. I don't know about you, but I'm a total nerd. Like, even when I was in high school getting high with my friends, at 7 p.m., I'd be like, hey, all, I have to go get home and do my paper. <laughs> and my friends would say, oh my gosh, you're such a stoner nerd. <laughs> so even when I was at like the peak of my rebellious years, I wanted to get A's. I liked getting A's intrinsically. I once asked my mom why the kids at my fancy high school, where I was on a scholarship, got $20 for each A they had and that I didn't get anything. And you know what she says? If that's why you're getting A's and you might as well quit school right now because it's about learning. Bam. I did like learning. I just thought I could ask if I could get paid for it too. <laughs> But anyway, during that time, my mom knew I was up to no good because I started getting B pluses. That's how weird that was for me. And to this day, I love school. I'm in grad school for the fourth time now, not because I didn't pass previously. I'm getting a postdoctorate now, right? And I graduate in August, peeps, fingers crossed. And I promised my family I wouldn't get another degree for at least two years. So I love science shows. I really dislike playing with dolls with my kid, but I love doing physics experiments, building things, going for walkabouts and taking field notes with her, right? I love going to museums, on hikes. I read every, by the way, on hikes, if they are there, I read every damn informational sign I see. I love me some informational signs, right? And I went to undergrad by the beach at UC Santa Cruz. UCSC. Instead of flaking to just surf, I'd bring my books to the beach. I would read, I'd nap, read again, and then I'd play in the water. To me, studying was not antithetical to having fun. It is fun when you're studying something you love. And I was a psychology major. So this is all setting the stage for what I'm about to say. One of the ways to set yourself free, Rebels, is to be okay with B plus or even B work. And I know it might make you squirm in your pants. It might make you get all judgy. But trust me, the day I learned to be okay with B work was the day a whole new world of possibility opened up for me. It started when I was getting my doctoral degree with a toddler. And I had my business, right? And I told myself, girl, if you're crazy enough to do this with a baby on your boob, you better be okay getting B's because trying to be anal and get straight A's again right now will drive you batshit crazy. And trying to do everything perfectly would probably make me sick. No kidding. Like I was just starting to sleep again <laughs> and I could not waste precious hours worrying about petty things. So that was my first time overtly giving myself permission to let go of perfectionism. And you know what I found? It was way more relaxing and I had way less stress. 
And bonus, I still got A's, but didn't spend my whole life stressing about it, like, and if it would occur or not. And you might think, right, you just believe this whole BB plus thing because you still ended up with A's. But check it out. So right now, the same thing's true. I'm at Johns Hopkins and they gave us the option for, for a pass fail because of COVID and all the added stressors. So usually I'd have been like, nah, that's cool. That's just for people who get B's. I want to see my A's. But then I was like, what if I focused on learning and less on the perfection? So I took that option and wow, so freeing. I just had to pass. And don't get me wrong, passing there is not like a C, right? It is a B. And I took that option because it set me free to focus on the learning and not, did I get my reference formatting 100% perfectly? And did I say that exactly the way I wanted to? I got to ask myself the most important question, which was, did I learn what I needed to learn? Because that's what mattered, right, to me. And look, if I wanted things to be perfect at this point in my life, I wouldn't have created half the stuff that I've created already. The timing was never going to be perfect to have a kid, but I really wanted one and had to be okay with things not being perfect. If I wanted my doctoral project to be flawless, I'd have picked something boring and easy. But instead, I picked an international project involving 18 rural clinics and a tertiary care hospital in Kathmandu. And I was okay with things getting canceled because of monsoon season and people not turning in the data and the internet not working half the time, which by the way, I'm also experiencing in Alaska today. <laughs> if I wanted to remain a multi-passionate and weave together a mandala of a life with coaching, medicine, my spiritual practice, and adventure, well, I better be okay with some things being a bit less than ideal or a lot less than ideal. But it wasn't always like that. I wasn't always like that. I used to burn the candle at both ends, making sure everything was perfect. I used to sweat it if I would have a spelling error in my weekly email, because I know there are people who get really judgy about that. Trust me, I've heard from them. I used to not release a program until it was perfect down to the border on the worksheets, even if it meant waiting till the next year to launch it. I used to not go out on the town unless I was feeling totally sexy, fit, feeling super hot and had this outfit that made me feel invincible, then I would go out. Or I wouldn't lead a climb unless I'd done it before or unless it was way below my ability so that I didn't risk falling. I didn't do anything unless I was virtually guaranteed not to fail. But you know what? That shit is exhausting. And you know what else? It keeps you from doing cool shit and from doing stuff that will help you grow and learn. So my nerdiness, along with a dollop of perfectionism, was actually the perfect recipe that kept me from learning and experiencing everything I had to do in my life. That's why today we're going to talk about how to overcome being a perfectionist, needing that like 4.2 GPA in life. By the way, have you all seen Booksmart? Oh my gosh. That movie had me rolling. It was like these two girls that totally focused on perfection. And they were like, we haven't really lived. And then they just let loose 
and you just have to watch it. It's awesome. Made me laugh out loud many, many, many times. So, <laughs> so your one of your homework assignments will be to watch that movie. Okay. All right. Think about if you have something that you want to create, but you keep holding yourself back because you're afraid that other people will judge you or that you'll fail or that, gasp, it might not be perfect. This is classic perfectionist procrastination. Holding back because you need it to be perfect. I mean, as an extreme example, did you know many hoarders are actually perfectionists? They're afraid of making the wrong decision about what to keep and what to throw out. So they keep everything. Now, let's not forget that many of us sort of brag about our perfectionism like it's some amazing trait, right? It's like that annoying answer someone would give at an interview when they ask, what would you say is one of your weaknesses? And people are like, oh, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. So sometimes I overwork to make sure everything is just right. Sure. Weakness. We all know that what that really means is hire me. I will overwork for you because I can't handle someone possibly criticizing me. So pick me because I care so much about what other people think. I will put them before me. Ouch. Perfectionism is like the partner in crime for those who glamorize being busy too. Like it's a cool thing as if it means you're important when you're busy. But like I said, all of that, it's ultimately exhausting and unsustainable. And it keeps us from growth and learning, which for us nerdy rebels, at least, it's a major part of what makes life fun and meaningful, yeah? And just some hard truth here. Perfectionism is for people who are feeling scared. Here's why. If you have to be perfect, you never have to take action. Bonus, right? If it has to be perfect, you'll never put it out into the world. If we have to be perfect, it's because we don't want anyone to be able to criticize us. We don't want anyone to be able to point out a flaw. So if you procrastinate, ask yourself, what are you getting by procrastinating? And often it's you don't have to deal with potentially failing or with being uncomfortable. So what are our options? Yeah, Rebels, what are our options? Well, if we don't want to let go of perfectionism itself, well, then in my opinion, we need to change our definition of perfection. The most straightforward way to do that is to accept how we are perfectly imperfect. What if you were already perfect in all your imperfect glory? After all, all of us are imperfect. What if you are already doing you perfectly? And what if what other people thought about you didn't matter? Because what matters is that you do you and put your gifts out into the world and stop hoarding them because you're afraid it's not perfect. Because look, it's kind of like what my mom was saying about the 20 bucks for an A. In life, not just with grades, We need to tap into the inspiration and motivation from within, regardless of the results that may occur. Too many of us want to rely on approval from other people or to get positive feedback in our results, ASAP, 
before we feel okay to move forward. But when our motivation and inspiration come from within, regardless of our results or the feedback we get, we will keep going forward. And do you know what that means? The results we want will eventually appear. That's massive action right there. You, I'll have a link to the Massive Action podcast um, in the show notes. But internal motivation, right? Keep going forward until our results appear. That's massive action. But we're used to instant results. And we want to use the results as our motivation, which keeps us stalled. For example, I have some patients that ask me about a certain diet and I'll say, well, you can probably lose weight at first, but it's not sustainable. So you'll probably like gain it back and even more. And they say, but I'll get a lot of motivation from seeing that weight come off at first. So I just want to start with that. Well, true, you might get motivated from that coming off, but that motivation is coming from outside the results and external motivation is not in it for the long game. And anything really worth doing, my friends, is a long game. And why be okay with temporary motivation from an external source when we know what we choose will ultimately fail us? That's not coming from our most wise mind. Okay, so how about getting shit done? As humans, we want to contribute. We want to create things, produce things, and put it out into society. Art, music, vegetables from our garden, science, babies, erotica, books, jokes. You get what I mean? Humans want to live a meaningful life. And part of that process is to reflect on what we've created. And I know the pain that is experienced when we are unclear of how we contribute to society. I see it in freedom school students when they first arrive, when they think about their careers and what they're really doing with this precious life of theirs. So many of them have taken big risks as they learn more skills. They're taking big risks to make big changes as a result. It's powerful work. Often at the start, when I ask people why they haven't applied to their graduate program or interviewed for their ideal job or started their business, it comes down to fear. Fear of failure and for many, fear of doing it imperfectly and being judged for that or failing because of it being imperfect. Or perhaps they did try and try again even, and it still didn't work out. The results didn't pan out as soon as they wanted, and they give up. Y'all, I have a friend who applied to medical school five times. And it's not like you can apply once a month. This is like once a year. He eventually got in, and then he got into a kick-ass residency at UCSF. Good thing he didn't give up just because it didn't happen fast enough, yeah? Good thing he was okay with it going imperfectly. That's massive action. Let's not even talk about how many times authors have to submit to publishers, often for years before being published, right? Even J.K. Rowling, 12 times Harry Potter was rejected. Perfectionism also becomes an excuse not to keep going. Like, see, I knew I couldn't do it. No one bought my program because it wasn't perfect. Instead of say, this is what I learned and how I will do it differently next time. Can you see how... When we can see the imperfection as just part of the deal of being human, an inevitable part of the deal, that we can continue, 
keep moving towards our goals. And ultimately, we don't care about how we arrive there, right? And the people who eventually experience what we create, they don't care about the drama behind it either. We just want to have created something. I mean, you see something you appreciate. You don't care how long it took. You don't care how hard someone worked on it. You don't care how much stress was involved, really. You just want to know, does this work? Should I read it? Should I try it? Should I buy it? Is this for me, right? So we also would do well to let go of the drama that things need to be hard and stressful to be perfect because we think that is what makes something valuable or worthwhile. No, my friends, it is the thing you create and the impact it has on others and that mere fact that you put it out there, not how much you suffered over it. Now, there's a huge mental shift when you stop thinking about things in terms of how perfect something was or how hard you worked or how long or how much you stressed over it. If someone said, I've been writing my book for two years, I'd be like, okay, and? I mean, that tells us nothing, right? What did they create? So when we're creating in the world, what's important is that we're putting our gifts out there. Not that it's perfect, not that we're gloriously busy doing it. We need to be willing to put rough drafts out into the world. We need to be willing to do B work. That is where the most creativity will come from. Gary Vaynerchuk said, once he stopped caring about what other people thought, he became ridiculously productive. He would create and help more and more people by putting out imperfect work. Now, yes, still good work, but imperfect. So if you want to create something in your life, give yourself a time limit to produce the result, an actual result, and then honor it no matter what, because otherwise you'll keep going until you feel it's perfect, which you likely won't ever arrive at anytime soon. Like exams in school, right? Brooke Castillo, one of my teachers said, time's up, pencils down, turn in what you got, like that. When you give yourself a time limit and you know that you will honor that time limit, meaning your work will be done at the end of that time limit and that's what you'll put out in the world, you will become much more efficient. And because it doesn't have to be perfect, you'll put more of your gifts out into the world. Another thing I heard from Brooke that she didn't know who said it, but it's a popular quote out there is, done is better than perfect. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying get out there and put D and F work out into the world. That's not a true representation of your gifts. So I'm not saying go half-ass and just put out half-done work without a plan. The point here is that if we want to create at our fullest potential, if we want to grow and take risks and learn, we will get stalled if we're constantly trying for the A+. If after you put it out, you want to revise it and tweak it, that's fine. Just make sure it's not a procrastination tactic to avoid another creation, right? But put it out there. And we're not just passing like a C, right? It's good work. Like, I don't want someone who barely passed their classes taking care of my mom in the hospital. But if they know their shit and they got a B plus because they focused more on the content, but made some grammatical errors and forgot how to format their paper correctly, I'm okay with that. They're not writing a paper in the hospital. Remember, every time you go to create, if you have this perfectionist tendency, it will tell you lots of things that will try to keep you from taking a risk and possibly failing or being criticized. But if you don't take action, 
you're failing ahead of time, right? So if you're going to assume you'll fail and feel shitty anyway, why not actually do it? Try it. At least you have the possibility that it would actually work out. When that story arises telling me not to do it, at this point, I go, oh, this means I'm on the right path. This means I'm on the edge of my comfort zone. I'm growing. I'm learning something here. I don't believe the story. I see it as a sign that I'm on my growth edge. So Rebel, this week, what is that thing you've been putting off? That's something that you want to create, but you keep holding yourself back because you're afraid that other people will judge you or that you'll fail or that it might not be perfect. This is classic perfectionist procrastination. Now that you know it's there, don't let it sneak up on you. Pick a time frame to create a result, not just to work on something, but to create an actual result. Have the interview, the application turned in, the chapter, the painting, the dance class, the new business website, the first time planning your own wilderness trip. Then be okay with it being perfectly imperfect. It all is anyway. And if shit isn't perfect, spoiler alert, it won't be. Ask, what did I learn? And what will I do differently next time? Then move on to the next thing. Okay, Rebels, until next week, all right? I'm going to be in Kennecott, perched above the Root Glacier. So we'll see how recording goes out there, but I won't leave you hanging, even if it ends up being imperfect. If you like what you heard, please spread the love and share it. And if you know you need some help with this and want to learn more about how to free your mind and free your life, go to rebelbuddhist.com and grab my free Rebel Buddhist Toolkit, where you'll receive a video training on cultivating resilience, access to the private Rebel Buddhist group where I do weekly live sessions on topics just like this, and a copy of the gorgeous Rebel Buddhist Manifesto, and more for free. That's rebelbuddhist.com.